want the Big Ten Championship, and we're going to win it as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. When the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Run Past Michigan, our RPM podcast here on The Athletic uh, with yours truly, Nick Baumgartner, along with Austin Meek. Today is our early week free show, so uh, if you are any listener at all, you can hear this one for free. Our Thursday shows, of course, are for subscribers only, so please uh, subscribe to The Athletic, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, rate us, review us, everything else. Austin, uh, how are we doing this week after the bye? I'm doing all right. Uh, I've... I've been energized by the week yeah, off. Yeah, good. Uh, clearly, Jim Harbaugh, uh, I, was he energized today? I don't know. I couldn't uh, really tell. If he was, he was sharing it for others, <laughs> yeah. not, not with us, Yeah, which is fine. That, that's happened before, too. But, yeah, we uh, not much today from Jim Harbaugh, of course, as they had last week off. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Michigan, you're not off. I mean, they, they get, gave the players probably Friday, Saturday, and they came back Sunday to practice. So, uh, obviously, a huge one this week. Michigan-Wisconsin on the road uh, as Big Ten play opens. We'll get a little bit more into Michigan stuff. Later in the show here today, we'll get more into Wisconsin on Thursday, but we did want to take some time uh, with, you know, Michigan was off last weekend to kind of talk about maybe where the Big Ten's at right now, um, especially Michigan's opponents. Wisconsin, of course, was also off, but the Badgers are 2-0 and have steamrolled two pretty blah opponents Mm -hmm. so far. I know they're, I just looked at it before I got over here with you, Uh, they're number seven in S&P Plus, Uh, Michigan's I think 16. Yeah. So Wisconsin obviously looks really good so far. Uh, didn't play last week, but uh, nothing really surprising there other than maybe their quarterback, Jack Cohn, has gotten a, uh, maybe a little bit better or ahead of where they thought. But I, anyway, rest of the league, is there anything that stood out to you in terms of surprises, disappointments, uh, and kind of where things are at You know, through, I guess, three weeks? You know, I think week three is kind of the time when we start to get like the overreaction to the overreaction. If oh, that makes time. sense, yeah, like uh, I, I saw a lot more people this weekend like upset at people for overreact, overreacting yeah. than I actually saw people overreacting, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, but I do think like this is the point in the season where you start to find out, like say a team like Maryland that looks unstoppable for two weeks and then they come out against Temple and they've got like a baseball score at halftime yeah. is like seven to two or something. So I think we saw that with a few teams who looked really impressive early. Uh, and then came back to earth a little bit. Uh, and then there's also some teams, you know, and I think you got to start with Ohio State uh, yeah. being a team that has looked uh, consistently dominant through through three weeks and is kind of what we thought they were going to be. Yeah, and, and, I, and I suppose, you know, the first two games, of course, you're playing non-conference, and then they get the Indiana game on the road, which has given them, uh, I, I mean, trouble might be a strong word, but they've had some interesting days at Indiana in the past. Not so much this past weekend, though, routing them. Uh, Justin Fields looks plenty comfortable. Um, the defense looks better organized, I guess, which is probably um, more or less what you expected with Greg Madison getting there. I mean, you know, it's been a while since he's been a coordinator, but, of course, uh, he was always pretty organized here when he was with Michigan. So um, they kind of are what, what I think – most probably thought they would be, and if anything, I would say Justin Fields has probably looked more comfortable than I thought he'd be. That was my one question about them going into the season, or my biggest one, mm-hmm. uh, was there going to be any growing pains, and um, I haven't seen any, and no. I don't know, I guess they got Nebraska on the road in two weeks at night. That could be one where we say, yeah, maybe we circle that and say, okay, well, let's see how they do 
you know, when they're not at home or when they're not in an environment where, you know, obviously they went to Indiana. I'm sure that was half Ohio State fans. It won't be that in Nebraska in two weeks. Maybe that'll be the first quasi-test, I guess, for Ohio State, and we'll see maybe where they're at. Yeah, I think if there were any Michigan fans hoping that Ohio State was just going to fall apart post Urban Meyer, uh, doesn't doesn't appear that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes there is when you have you know, a new coach taking over a program that really is up and running. If there is going to be a bump in the road, you don't always see it immediately. So yeah. I'm going to hold off uh, just proclaiming that uh, the Ohio State juggernaut is going to continue with Ryan Day, but certainly through three games. Uh, it appears that uh, that Michigan is going to have its hands full and more uh, if if the Wolverines want to win this division, um, and if if they do want to win, you know, win the win the Big Ten, I think you have to say it starts this week with a Wisconsin team yeah. that you probably say looking around the Big Ten is maybe the most underrated team. Uh, based on what they are versus what we thought they were going to be in the preseason, uh, Wisconsin has has looked really impressive. Granted, against two lesser opponents, but but still a pretty impressive start for the Badgers. Yeah, and it's it's just so early. And, and the one thing I guess you can say about Wisconsin start is they haven't had that day where everyone seems to have had one now, right? Everyone, uh, Penn State found itself in a fistfight with Pitt, a team that obviously Penn State's more talented than. Of course, it's a rivalry type game. But Penn State didn't look great uh, for stretches during that one. They got through it. Michigan, of course, had its uh, you know fits with Army, got through it. Uh, Michigan State got into a fight with Arizona yeah. State, lost. Yeah. Uh, Purdue has now lost, I think, twice. Um, Nebraska has lost. So, I mean, everybody in the league except for Ohio State, Iowa, Iowa was in one with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Everyone except Ohio State and Wisconsin, I guess, would would we would say has been in some sort of challenge situation uh, and either lost or gutted through it, uh, but Wisconsin, it's kind of still like, I, I don't know yet, um, but Ohio State, yeah, looks humming. I mean, I, 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 when I look at the Big Ten East, you know, clearly they've had zero <laughs> zero trouble with anybody. Uh, Michigan, of course, had, had trouble with Army, but you could also maybe argue that Army was has been is probably better than yeah. just about anybody anybody in the Big Ten East has played in the mm-hmm. conference. I can't think of, is there another one on the top? That I can think of here. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State's not yeah, a bad no. team, but that's in the West. You know, they're certainly better than anybody Michigan State or Ohio State has played. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati was like kind of borderline yeah. top twenty-five-ish coming into the season, but, but are we still on I think the Army train? is. I feel like yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like at the end of the season, Army is going to be probably yeah. the the best of any of these teams that we're talking about that um, that the other teams in the yeah. division have played. Uh, so I don't know how Michigan fans feel when Michigan State comes up on this podcast. If <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, they'll maybe they'll, love, maybe it they'll right love it right now, yeah. yeah. Uh, revel in the in the Spartans' misery, but uh, boy, that was a wild game that you witnessed on Saturday. Wild would be uh, one word for it. Uh, <laughs> wild, underwhelming, strange, weird. Yes, it was a, a bit of all of the above, <clears throat> and I think another example of a team that. Um, you know, didn't opt to make any changes in the offseason, really yeah. any sizable changes, and is now sort of just playing out uh, an extension of what we saw all last year, whereas I know people have been frustrated, uh, or they were frustrated, I guess, uh, with, with Michigan's day against Army in terms of efficiency and everything else, and fair enough. But I do think the point to be made there is that, you know, one side of the coin 
didn't didn't change anything really, and then kind of acted like they were going to change some things, but in reality, we now we see that nothing really changed. Whereas Michigan did undergo some pretty serious uh, change really across the board. I mean, you, you shuffled your whole offense and changed everything, and brought in new staffers and everything else. And you know, through two two games, I think actually Michigan's defense is number one in S and P, and it is yeah, it's and the offense is 74. So, you know, when we go back and forth on some of that with the offensive stuff, you know, you can see some of these teams in the league that are are just trying to continue to do the same thing that they've already done and it's not really doing much for them. And then you can see teams that maybe have made changes and are undergoing some growing pains. And you can see some teams that have made changes and are flying, like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Michigan is certainly in the boat of, of the team that, you know, underwent some serious changes, um, has obviously dealt with a couple injuries, and, you know, the, one of the few things Jim Harbaugh did talk about today was offensive efficiency. I think that was mm-hmm. right. And yes. uh, I thought I found it interesting a couple times. I think we were talking to Nick Eubanks, and I, I said, you know, does it help in a weird way confidence-wise when you watch the tape in these games and they're pointing out to you the handful of plays where you're like, that would have been a touchdown, that would have been a touchdown, that would have been a chunk play if you'd just executed it. Yeah. And I think that their their answer was, Yes, we think the offense is going to work because we can see on tape that stuff's getting open. It's just not being finished. Yeah, and we talked to Ben Bredesen as well, and, and he made the point that you know, this offense that Michigan is running is is complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you can look back at everything that's happening on a given play, and, and as you mentioned, you, you can see maybe it's just one thing that is, is keeping this offense from being as explosive as we expected it to be. Uh, and Ben Bredesen, you know, acknowledged that in practice, it's been kind of what we've seen in the games, which is there have been glimpses of time yeah. that this offense is really explosive and difficult to stop, and you know, points in time when it's not. And the difference between those two things isn't always that big. You know, yeah. sometimes it is just one little thing. But I think, I think the thing that gives you confidence with Michigan, and we were talking about Michigan State, I don't think it's really been clear to anybody what the plan was at Michigan State in terms of how they were going to fix their offense. Right. And it's still not clear no, to anybody. Yeah, right. there, Whereas, is, there isn't one, I right. think. Yeah, right. at, least, you know, at least with Michigan, there's a plan. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the plan may or may not work, and it certainly has not uh, worked to a high degree so far. But at least you can say, okay, they, they have an idea of what they want to do uh, and where they want to be. And maybe it is just a matter of the complexity of this offense is going to take some time yeah. to click, and it's just a matter of how quickly does that happen, and does it happen quickly enough yeah. that Michigan can get through this early part of the Big Ten schedule and be in position to still compete for the Big Ten title. And I'm glad you brought up Maryland because that was a great that was a great point. Because for two weeks, obviously, Mer- Mike Loxley and Josh Caddis had their <laughs> like the world's like quietest little back and forth. Yeah. And it was nothing. Yeah. Not a big deal, but it was a little thing where both were kind of saying, you know, I did this for Alabama, no, I did this, and whatever. And we saw after they, you know, ran Howard off the field and then put up big points against the Syracuse team that, uh, is that impressive? I mean, whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe they had two good weeks, and then we heard all this from from some people who like to maybe rub shoulders of coaches across the country that, oh, Mike Loxley was right. Uh, He was the guy who uh, should be responsible for everything, and Josh Gaddis is just this... Uh, you know, young guy who was just along for the ride as evidenced by the fact that they couldn't score any points in the second week of the season. Okay, well, 
fair enough. And then, of course, we see they go to Temple, Marilyn does, and of course, everything comes back to Earth. Yeah. The, the point being is that two weeks, three weeks, really, in, in college football, this first month, mm-hmm. it's impossible to, to, to deduce anything other than, okay, yeah, that team is overwhelming people, you know, if you're just continuing to do that. But for most of the country, you know, it's it's really difficult to judge anything overall. So we both wrote that uh, after the Army game and, and, and since. Like, you just can't make these sweeping judgments about a brand new system, a brand new play caller uh, after two games. It's just, especially when you played a, a team like Army. So I think that if anything else, you know, it, the takeaway from all of this is it's just, it's not, it, we can't make these, you know, we can't make these statements after one or two games You've got to see them in a crowd a little bit as they go forward, and you know I think that as as Michigan moves into the next, into this week where you're going to play a good defense and then forward into the Big Ten season, now you start to look for you know are they going to find the building blocks of what they want to be about and are they going to expand upon that and are they not going to take any steps backward? And I think that that right now you okay you played a team that you did overwhelm a little bit you played a team that was a real challenge, and now are you going to you know when things get really tough are you going to start to build yourself? into a you know a good rhythm and get yourself to a situation where eventually maybe you can maybe by Halloween or something you're firing all cylinders. I don't I don't know, but I mean realistically it's just not gonna be in two, three or four weeks. I think we're looking at like five or six, maybe by the time this thing really takes off. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of where where I kinda of land on it, uh, especially in terms of Gaddis and everything else and how it's all gonna go. Yeah, there's definitely a tension in terms of evaluating Josh Gaddis between on the one hand it, it, it's so early. Like yeah. it's just we've seen this guy call two games as an offensive coordinator. It's practically nothing. But then on the other hand, you know, it's like one sixth of mm-hmm. his first season here, which everybody kind of acknowledges is a really important season. Yeah. And that's you know that's that's kind of the hard thing to say is like when do we cross that threshold of saying it's early? It's not early anymore. You know, yeah. and I, I think we're not there yet. But no, we can I'm see at it October from here. 5th, yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Maybe that would be the one where we'd say I, mm-hmm. it's not early anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's complicated though because you got to you got to you kind of have to get this one uh I kind of feel, you know, this this Wisconsin game is not nothing. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at you know, I think you can win the league with one loss if you're, you know, if you're fortunate. I don't I mean, Ohio State's looked really really good, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm ready to say Ohio State's just going to walk through this thing and be undefeated and you're going to have to go undefeated too. I think it's possible that you could trip up once. But let's keep in mind, they also have to go to Penn State, which I'm sure is going to be a night game. And they got to play Iowa here, which, I mean, Iowa looks tough, if nothing else. Obviously a great defense, everything else. And then the Michigan State thing is just, I mean, no matter how bad they are or look, now I think everyone who's seen this thing back and forth enough can agree that that game will be the best that they have. I mean, they'll, they'll at least make a game of it. So, you know, this is a chance to get one in the win column. It's obviously a quality win, but it's also knowing that you've got some difficult ones coming up here. You know, you don't want to stack those losses and then put and then kill your margin for error in game one. And that's kind of where they're at here, and they're in that and maybe the unenviable situation of having to open Big Ten play in a pretty tough spot. But, um, yeah, I would say October 5th with Iowa. I mean, that's the one where we say if you're not – if we haven't seen what we would call a really smooth, you know, explosive day by then, then maybe we can start to ask, uh, are we going to see one? Yeah, that was one of the questions that I was going to bring up today is, is this Wisconsin game a game that Michigan 
has to win to be taken seriously as as a Big Ten title contender. Uh, I think you can make a case both ways there. I mean, it's definitely you know you start out losing that game. I think you I think you hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. Your margin for error is gone. gone. Yep. Yeah, uh, you, know, you could make a case that this is the toughest road game that mm-hmm. Michigan's going to have to play yep. this year. Penn State, it's either this or Penn State. It's pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I think for any team, when you try to chart the path of what it takes to win your division and win your league, most of the time you can lose your toughest road game and still get yep. there depending on how the rest of your schedule shakes out. And obviously with Michigan, so much hinges on Ohio State. Like, Beating Ohio State will cover up a lot of sins if if yep. Michigan stumbles here or there, but you're right. The margin for error is gone if you lose this game, and you just look at the games that Michigan is going to have to play. No, they're not mathematically eliminated from winning the division if they lose this game, mm-hmm. but realistically... They're going to have to play really well for a lot of weeks in a row against some really good teams to be able to come back from losing this game. Yeah, and and an underrated and maybe overrated and maybe meaningless uh, part of this, I don't know maybe how meaningful it is, would be also that, okay, this is a road game against a top 15 opponent, a team that everyone is pretty high on right now. Uh, Michigan's got, I believe the record now is one win over a ranked road team since 06. I mean, everyone Hmm. knows that stat. That's a pretty well-documented thing around here. And, and there's been a lot of people nationally, I think, who've questioned whether or not Harbaugh's team is, or a program, I guess, is uh, is good enough, strong enough, tough enough, whatever, to go and win the league. I, mean, I think this would be a pretty good opportunity to silence a lot of that. Too. Yeah. I mean, underrated. Maybe maybe it's not worth much, but i got to think it's worth something. I mean, even though it's early September or mid-September, whatever you want to call it, I guess maybe it's almost late now. But i got to think that's kind of worth something. I mean, a win on the road against a top 15 Wisconsin team it's something that championship teams do. And, um, you know, Michigan hasn't had many of those in the Harbaugh era. I think last year they broke their skid there. Michigan State, I think, was ranked when they beat them on the road in that game. But, I mean, other than that, I think that's it. So hmm. this is an opportunity to go into a place like this. And, hey, maybe it's better that you get them in mid-September and not November when it's snowing and, like, you know, horrible weather and everything else there. So maybe it's better to get somebody like this early when nobody really knows who they are yet. You know, I look back to 2016. They played Wisconsin pretty early in the season. That was a fist fight of a game, but also one maybe where that game might have gone differently if they played in November as opposed to early in the season. So I think it's an opportunity for them to prove to people, um, like you said, not only are they in it for Big Ten contention, but for those who are doubting whether or not they're in it for possibly being a playoff-type team, this is this is a game a playoff-type team wins, right? I mean, yeah. th- there's no other... another way around it. I mean, this is I mean, Harbaugh talks about like championship playoff games, all this. That's what this is. I mean, it just comes at a different time in the year, but you you got to have this one. I mean, you got to have this one for a lot of reasons, uh, and maybe even to prove to yourself, right? And I think maybe that's where the value comes in, in that, you know, Harbaugh says a lot of things about playing on the road, and one of which always comes back to, uh, what is it? There's nothing that makes you feel more like a man than going to somebody else's place. That's good and beating them. And um, they've had their road wins here, their share of them, and the Michigan State one last year was certainly enjoyable for them. But in terms of beating a team that also has the same aspirations realistically that you do in their building when they need it as much as you need it. There hasn't been much of that. And so that is a step toward teaching your program how to win those games, how to be a winner, how to be a championship-level team, something they just haven't had a lot of. 
And uh, maybe that's a chance right there, right out of the shoot, to, to go get one. I, I got to think it'd be a huge confidence lift for everyone in there, even if they scraped by like seven to six. Yeah. This is the type of game where you say, whatever, yeah. whatever happens. Forget the if score, you, yeah. If you have 205 yards and they have 200 and, or 380 and you win the game, you're taking it. And that's kind of what this is. This is the one where you just got to survive and grind through it. I think teams learn a lot about themselves in these environments, and, and this could be a situation for Michigan. Because we don't know yet, right? I don't think we do. Mm-hmm. I don't think we know what to, what to think of this team, really. Uh, and I think that by the end of this one, we'll have a better idea. Jim Harbaugh was not going to really go there today. Somebody asked him of his reaction about Wisconsin being a small favorite in this game. I sure. think the entirety of the answer was it's irrelevant. Uh, yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> asked him about right. uh, things he wanted to learn about his team this week going on the road, and I basically said good teams win on the road, which is yeah. which is true. Uh, but I have to think, you know, if if you gave him the truth serum, he would say like, yeah, I want to know how this offense is going to play in in a real big yeah. boy game. Yes. You know, if you've got one drive to go win this game in a hostile environment, what's Josh Gaddis going to dial up? Yeah. You know, is 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 Josh Gaddis the guy who gives you that play on? Third and seven, when you have to have a first down to win the game, what's he call there? Yeah. Uh, defensively, you know, Michigan's defense, we mentioned number one in S&P. Michigan's defense has been great. Right. Uh, they haven't seen a team like Wisconsin, haven't seen the size that Wisconsin Wisconsin's offensive line is going to throw out there. Certainly haven't seen a running back like Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, may not see another one like him all year. Uh, what's... What's Michigan's defense going to do in this game uh, against a team that's going to test them in a way that they haven't been tested? I got to think that there are some things that that Jim Harbaugh wants to learn about his team that he's going to learn this week. Yeah, and really, the are you going to strain? You know, how much are you going to push yourself in that into a strained environment where, you know, and a lot of times winning on the road in tough—that's what that is. Are you are you going to be able to strain through mistakes? Are you going to be able to overcome adversity, or is it going to do you in the first time it shows up? I mean, those are the things. I always go back to 2016. They played, uh, I believe they were still undefeated. They go to Iowa, end of the year. Wilton Spade hurts his shoulder. Uh, and they had a really just a terrible game. They end up losing on the last second field goal. And I, I remember one of them, and Harbaugh had a brief press conference afterward, as often as the case with <laughs> losses. But there was one thing he kept saying, and I, I, it stuck with me in that, and that was still pretty early in the building of the program here, was pretty flatly just saying, like, you know, sometimes football doesn't go your way, and you have to figure it out. And and I think that was one where I thought it sounded like a guy speaking as a player who was also happened to be a coach, where it was mm-hmm. like, I've done all this. I've been there. I know that sometimes this thing does it doesn't work all, always the way you want it to. And sometimes you go somewhere where somebody's playing better than you. And if you're going to be a championship team, you got to figure it out. And you got to be able to strain. And you got to be able to grind through it. And, you know, they got through the Army situation last week, but that's a home game. And that's against a team that every player they played – uh, is at a talent disadvantage to the, to the you know to the guys lining mm-hmm. up against them on the Michigan side. So really, in an environment like this, you go on the road to Camp Randall and we find out right away now, you know how much can this team push itself? How much is it willing to strain and be tough enough to go and do these things? Because all these things that we talk about all offseason, about how they have a chance to do this or a chance to do that, don't mean anything if the tent folds, you know, after two or three hiccups or something in the first half, and everything falls off the rails. Probably not going to be a perfect game on Saturday. Offense probably isn't going to light the world on fire, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Wisconsin's pretty good defensively. I can't imagine they're going to go in there and drop 500 yards on them. 
So it's about, you know, how long can you stay in the fight? And I feel like every time you play Wisconsin, especially on the road, they demand it to be that way with, with the way they play football. And if Michigan's beaten them twice um, at home and they were the team that hung around and fought longer and on the road they lost because they couldn't. And so that's that's kind of where this whole lands. And that's Wisconsin's always a good measuring stick in terms of how much how much can you put up with, you know, and how much how tough are you and all those types of things. And uh, certainly not something we can answer through two weeks, but I think we'll have a better idea uh, after this one. Yeah, I think one of two things is going to happen after this weekend. I think if Wisconsin wins this game, I think all of a sudden we've got two pretty prohibitive favorites in mm. the two divisions. I, I think Wisconsin, yeah. if they win this game, is clearly the team to beat uh, in their division and uh, with Iowa, Iowa being be the there. Right. Uh, but I believe Iowa goes to Wisconsin right. this year. So the uh, and, and yeah, you know, Wisconsin would have a, a pretty big notch in its belt for winning this game. Uh, and, and I think Ohio State would be an even more mm. uh, overwhelming favorite. Uh, in the division as well. Whereas, if Michigan wins this game, uh, I think it's all kind of wide open. Yeah. Um, I think you still look at Michigan as, as very much a contender uh, in the East, and I think the West, I mean, nobody really knew what to make of the West no. uh, going into the season. we're off the Nebraska train yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. the fact that everybody yeah. was jumping on board with yeah. Nebraska after a 4-8 and eight season, I think, right. tells you that nobody exactly. really knew what to do there, and uh, it, it looks like that was a little bit premature with Nebraska in year two under Scott Frost. Uh, so th- I think that division mm-hmm. you know, is totally wide open if Michigan wins this game, whereas if Wisconsin wins, that is starting to look like the team to beat. Yeah, same old, same old. That's what yeah. it was for a minute there, where it just felt like Wisconsin was a couple of years ago they were just on cruise control because nobody else <laughs> I mean, they were good, but mm-hmm. like, the rest of the uh, division just wasn't. But no, I mean it's 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 been an interesting start. Everyone's kind of had their oh god, you know what's happening here moment, <laughs> except for you know Wisconsin and Ohio State really. But you got Illinois losing to Eastern. You got yeah. Purdue's lost twice. Nebraska yeah. lost to what at Colorado, and I, didn't they all? I mean, they were in a fight in Week One with whoever. It was uh, they South did. Alabama, South yeah, Alabama yeah, they blew that game out. to Colorado. Yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, so you know, I mean, it's been that way. Um, you know, Indiana, of course, gets routed by Ohio State. Um, didn't expect much else to happen there. But, um, yeah, I mean, talent-wise, of course, it's the same. Michigan's, Michigan's in that group toward the top of the league. Penn State's had its share of, you know, what's going on here as well. But, you know, Michigan's in that group in terms of talent. They have what they need to, you know, to get the thing done. Um, and I do, I mean, I think there's enough in their room offensively to grind through something. I just, I mm-hmm. think that there's, a, like, we talk, like, I go back and forth on it a lot. Sometimes I wonder, and then sometimes we talk, and then we talk to somebody like Bredesen. And then I say, okay, you know, like, he's a pretty tough dude. Everybody respects him, and he's not the only guy. You know, there's other guys that, that are in that boat as well who've been around the block and can get through this. I would, th- I would put Shea Pedersen in that category yeah. as well. And so I think that they have enough in the room to go into a, a tough place and grind one out. And uh, that's what this is going to be, I would think. I mean, you know, either way, win or lose, whatever, uh, that I think it would be. It's not going to be pretty, but can you, can you do what you have to do to make sure this thing happens? And this is the one where you're glad you had your defense because, you know, we talk a lot about in the offseason about those games where you're going to have to outscore somebody. This is one where, you know, you're probably just going to have to do enough and, yeah. and, and just get out of there and, and move forward. And that could be liberating in a way for Michigan's yeah. offense because I do think in these first two games – 
there was an expectation that, okay, you're playing Middle Tennessee, you're playing Army, you guys better go yep. out there and show us something. Uh, I think when you go into a game like this knowing that, it's not going to be right. 48 to 45. You don't have to pile up 500 yards. You know, you don't have to have a ton of explosive plays in this game. You just got to get out of there with a win. Yeah. In a way, maybe that alleviates some of the pressure, and and maybe oh, would. you oh, know would. maybe yeah. some of the expectations have been brought into check now. Uh, you know, Josh Gaddis alluded to this last week, saying that this team was under such a spotlight, mm-hmm. uh, and there were such high expectations for this offense, which partially self-created, I think. Yeah, a lot self-created, uh, but also. <laughs> Also, you know, it's true. There was a lot. There was a lot of outside expectation as well. Uh, I think some of that uh, we have we have done away with now. Uh, Mm -hmm. The bar has maybe been recalibrated a little bit for this offense, where um, nobody is is thinking that they need to go out here and hang forty points on Wisconsin. It's like, guys, all we got to do is score one more point than them. Whether it's you know. 14 to 13 or like you said 7 to 6 whatever it is um i i'm with you in the sense that i do think that that michigan has some tough-minded players who are going to be able to handle that environment uh and and just go out there and and do what needs to be done and maybe we can stop worrying a little bit about you know speed in space and all these things that have kind of started to become a little bit tired like just leave all that leave all that with army uh start fresh and just figure out how to do what needs to be done. And there's something to be said, I think, there really is, about proving to yourself that you're maybe capable of being as good as you think you are. You know, and they spend all offseason convincing themselves that they can be a title contender. A lot of people tell them that from the outside. Yeah. They go through practice, they can see things that are working, they see talent on the team, they see all these things. Well, maybe this is a week where maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones comes back, Mm -hmm. maybe Runyon comes back, you grind through the game, you get a win, and now you've proven to yourself beyond a doubt okay yeah we can do this you know like that's those moments are are not to be overlooked in college football for most teams I mean other than if you're Alabama Clemson or I suppose Ohio State or maybe Georgia every other Oklahoma I guess too every other team in the country is in that is still in that early season of like we think we can be pretty good but we really don't know until we go out and do it and this is this is really an opportunity to do that and I don't think that I think sometimes we we overlook that you know that the the fact that there are younger players who are walking that line of we're around each other and no one else all year, and we tell each other that we think we're really good mm-hmm. in a vacuum, yeah. but we rarely get to test that, you know? And uh, being able to prove that to yourself, uh, I think, and it can work the other way too, where if you, if you can't do it, you think, you know, you fall apart on yourself. But if you can pull that off, uh, boy, this really, I think it would be a real settler for a lot of folks because, you know, I think there was something to the idea that they were pressing. Uh, in the Army game and in the Middle Tennessee game offensively. Um, I think even a clunky performance, but a win, a winning performance, would do a lot to uh, to ease that. Yeah. Well, we will get more into the Badgers uh, on Thursday on our subscriber show. Uh, and also be sure to check out The Lead, uh, the new podcast uh, from The Athletic. Uh, it's available to everyone. Uh, I haven't listened to the first episode yet, but I've heard it's I really good. I had to do good, a trailer so. uh, that aired on the other podcast. Oh, nice. So we have promoted it twice. All right. So, yeah, doing our job. Doing our part. We are uh, company men here. Yeah. Uh, I think it was number one on iTunes today, I saw. 
Awesome. So it's doing well. well so I, far, yeah. I'm, I'm going to check that out to it sure. right after this. So. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for checking out the show, everybody. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. Uh, but until then, thanks for checking out the podcast. Hey there, listeners. Nick Baumgartner here. We're excited to share some big news with you. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we know you're going to love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead, so subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. Also, check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on the lead. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. And at the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down! Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go, faster, faster. go beyond the box score, five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.